Greetings, groovers, seekers of sophistication and lovers of literature. How are you doing? This is Resonance 104.4 FM, flipping marvellous. Coming at you from the heart of London, England, the greatest city in the world. Sorry about that, Paris. And apologies, New York. Although, in actual fact, New York, or more precisely parts of New York, is what we're celebrating today. Because on this edition of Literary London, we're literally going to America to celebrate the bicentenary of the birth of arguably one of the greatest American poets, Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman, who was born the 31st of May in 1819, was, of course, an American poet and an essayist and a journalist. He was a humanist as well, and uh, part of the tradition or the transition between sort of transcendentalism and realism. But enough isms. He was um, basically a real character. He left school at the age of 11. Uh, he was born in Huntington, uh, Long Island. Uh, and uh, he sort of did all sorts after that. So he left formal schooling at the age of 11 to go to work. Um, he ended up as a journalist, a teacher, occasionally a bricklayer, <laughs> a woodworker, a government clerk. But uh, he finally settled in Brooklyn, New York. He produced a temperance novel called Franklin Evans in 1842. But his major work, his first major work, was Leaves of Grass, first published in 1855 with his own money. Uh, it was fairly controversial with Leaves of Grass. And I can't play it for you now because it's 45 minutes. It's about 45, 50 minutes of the collection. But I am going to play one or two interesting uh, poems that I think you're going to like. From Walt Whitman, okay? And kicking things off, this is Walt Whitman, I Sing the Body Electric. I sing the body electric. The armies of those I love engirth me and I engirth them. They will not let me off till I go with them, respond to them, and discorrupt them, and charge them full with the charge of the soul. Was it doubted that those who corrupt their own bodies conceal themselves? And if those who defile the living are as bad as they who defile the dead, and if the body does not do as much as the soul, and if the body were not the soul, what is the soul? The love of the body of man or woman bulks account. The body itself bulks account. That of the male is perfect, and that of the female is perfect. The expression of the face bulks account, but the expression of a well-made man appears not only in his face. It is in his limbs and joints also. It is curiously in the joints of his hips and wrists. It is in his walk, the carriage of his neck, the flex of his waist and knees. Dress does not hide him. The strong, sweet, supple quality he has strikes through the cotton and flannel. To see him pass conveys as much as the best poem, perhaps more. You linger to see his back and the back of his neck and shoulder side. The sprawl and fullness of babes, the bosoms and heads of women, the folds of their dress, their style as we pass in the street, the contour of their shape downwards. The swimmer, naked in the swimming bath, seen as he swims through the transparent green shine, or lies with his face up and rolls silently to and fro in the heave of the water. The bending forward and backward of rowers in rowboats. The horseman in his saddle. Girls, mothers, housekeepers, in all their performances. The group of labourers seated at noontime with their open dinner kettles and their wives waiting. 
the female soothing a child, the farmer's daughter in the garden or cowyard, the young fellow hoeing corn, the sleigh driver guiding his six horses through the crowd, the wrestle of wrestlers, two apprentice boys, quite grown, lusty, good-natured, native-born, out on the vacant lot at sundown after work, the coats and caps thrown down, the embrace of love and resistance, the upper hold and the underhold, the hair rumpled over and blinding the eyes. The march of firemen in their own costumes, the play of masculine muscle through clean-setting trousers and waist straps, the slow return from the fire, the pause when the bell strikes suddenly again, and the listening on the alert, the natural, perfect, varied attitudes, the bent head, the curved neck, and the counting. Such like I love. I loosen myself, pass freely, am at the mother's breast with the little child, swim with the swimmers, wrestle with the wrestlers, march in line with the firemen, and pause, listen, and count. I know a man, a common farmer, the father of five sons, and in them were the fathers of sons, and in them were the fathers of sons. This man was of wonderful vigour, calmness, beauty of person. The shape of his head, the pale yellow and white of his hair and beard, and the immeasurable meaning of his black eyes, the richness and breadth of his manners. These I used to go and visit him to see. He was wise also. He was six feet tall, he was over eighty years old. His sons were massive, clean, bearded, tan-faced, handsome. They and his daughters loved him, all who saw him loved him. They did not love him by allowance, they loved him with personal love. He drank water only. The blood showed like scarlet through the clear brown skin of his face. He was a frequent gunner and fisher. He sailed his boat himself. He had a fine one presented to him by a ship joiner. He had fowling pieces presented to him by men that loved him. When he went with his five sons and many grandsons to hunt or fish, you would pick him out as the most beautiful and vigorous of the gang. You would wish long and long to be with him. You would wish to sit by him in the boat, that you and he might touch each other. I have perceived that to be with those I like is enough. To stop in company with the rest at evening is enough. To be surrounded by beautiful, curious, breathing, laughing flesh is enough. To pass among them, or touch any one, or rest my arm ever so lightly round his or her neck for a moment, what is this then? I do not ask any more delight, I swim in it as in a sea. There is something in staying close to men and women, and looking on them, and in the contact and odour of them, that pleases the soul well. All things please the soul, but these please the soul well. This is the female form. A divine nimbus exhales from it from head to foot. It attracts with fierce, undeniable attraction. I am drawn by its breath as if I were no more than a helpless vapour. All falls aside but myself and it. Books, art, religion, time, the visible and solid earth, the atmosphere and the clouds, and what was expected of heaven or feared of hell, are now consumed. Mad filaments, ungovernable shoots play out of it. The response likewise ungovernable. Hair, bosom, hips, bend of legs, negligent falling hands, all diffused, mine too diffused. 
ebb stung by the flow and flow stung by the ebb, love flesh swelling and deliciously aching, limitless limpid jets of love, hot and enormous, quivering jelly of love, white blow and delirious juice, bridegroom night of love, working surely and softly into the prostrate dawn, undulating into the willing and yielding day, lost in the cleave of the clasping and sweet-fleshed day. This is the nucleus. After the child is born of woman, the man is born of woman. This is the bath of birth. This is the merge of small and large and the outlet again. Be not ashamed, women. Your privilege encloses the rest and is the exit of the rest. You are the gates of the body and you are the gates of the soul. The female contains all qualities and tempers them. She is in her place and moves with perfect balance. She is all things duly veiled. She is both passive and active. She is to conceive daughters as well as sons, and sons as well as daughters. As I see my soul reflected in nature, as I see through a mist one with inexpressible completeness and beauty, see the bent head and arms folded over the breast, the female I see. The male is not less the soul, nor more. He too is in his place. He too is all qualities. He is action and power. The flush of the known universe is in him. Scorn becomes him well, and appetite and defiance become him well. The wildest, largest passions, bliss that is utmost, sorrow that is utmost, become him well. Pride is for him. The full-spread pride of man is calming and excellent to the soul. Knowledge becomes him. He likes it always. He brings everything to the test of himself. Whatever the survey, whatever the sea and the sail, he strikes soundings at last only here. Where else does he strike soundings except here? The man's body is sacred, and the woman's body is sacred. No matter who it is, it is sacred. Is it a slave? Is it one of the dull-faced immigrants just landed on the wharf? Each belongs here or anywhere, just as much as the well-off, just as much as you. Each has his or her place in the procession. All is a procession. The universe is a procession with measured and beautiful motion. Do you know so much yourself that you call the slave or the dull face ignorant? Do you suppose you have a right to a good sight and he or she has no right to a sight? Do you think matter has cohered together from its diffuse float and the soil is on the surface and water runs and vegetation sprouts for you only and not for him and her? A man's body at auction. I help the auctioneer. The sloven does not half know his business. Gentlemen, look on this wonder. Whatever the bids of the bidders, they cannot be high enough for it. For it, the globe lay preparing quintillions of years without one animal or plant. For it, the revolving cycles truly and steadily rolled. In this head, the all-baffling brain. In it and below it, the makings of heroes. Examine these limbs, red, black or white. They are so cunning in tendon and nerve. They shall be stripped that you may see them. Exquisite senses, life-lit eyes, pluck, Volition, flakes of breast muscle, pliant backbone and neck, flesh not flabby, good-sized arms and legs, and wonders within there yet.
Within there runs blood, the same old blood, the same red-running blood. There swells and jets a heart. There all passions, desires, reachings, aspirations. Do you think they are not there because they are not expressed in parlours and lecture rooms? This is not only one man. This is the father of those who shall be fathers in their turns. In him the start of populous states and rich republics. Of him countless immortal lives with countless embodiments and enjoyments. How do you know who shall come from the offspring of his offspring through the centuries? Who might you find you have come from yourself if you could trace back through the centuries? A woman's body at auction. She too is not only herself. She is the teeming mother of mothers. She is the bearer of them that shall grow and be mates to the mothers. Have you ever loved the body of a woman? Have you ever loved the body of a man? Your father, where is your father? Your mother, is she living? Have you been much with her? And has she been much with you? Do you not see that these are exactly the same to all, in all nations and times, all over the earth? If anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. And the glory and sweet of a man is the token of manhood untainted. And in man or woman, a clean, strong, firm-fibred body is beautiful as the most beautiful face. Have you seen the fool that corrupted his own live body? Or the fool that corrupted her own live body? For they do not conceal themselves and cannot conceal themselves. O oh, my body, I dare not desert the likes of you in other men and women, nor the likes of the parts of you. I believe the likes of you are to stand or fall with the likes of the soul, and that they are the soul. I believe the likes of you shall stand or fall with my poems, and that they are poems. Man's, woman's, child's, youth's, wife's, husband's, mother's, father's, young man's, young woman's poems. Head, neck, hair, ears, drop and timpani of the ears, eyes, eye fringes, iris of the eye, eyebrows, and the waking or sleeping of the lids. Mouth, tongue, lips, teeth, roof of the mouth, jaw and the jaw hinges. Nose, nostrils of the nose and the partition. Cheeks, temples, forehead, chin, throat, back of the neck, neck slew. Strong shoulders, manly beard, scapula, hind shoulders, and the ample side round of the chest. Upper arm, armpit, elbow socket, lower arm, arm sinews, arm bones, wrist and wrist joints, hand, palm, knuckles, thumb, forefinger, finger balls, finger joints, finger nails, broad breast front, curling hair of the breast, breast bone, breast side, ribs, belly, backbone, joints of the backbone, hips, hip sockets, hip strength, inward and outward, round, man balls, man root, strong set of thighs, well carrying the trunk above, leg fibres, knee, knee pan, upper leg, under leg, ankles, instep, football, toes, toe joints, the heel, all attitudes, all the shapeliness, all the belongings of my or your body or of anyone's body, male or female, the lung sponges, the stomach sac, the bowels sweet and clean, the brain in its folds inside the skull frame, sympathies, heart valves, palate valves, sexuality, maternity, womanhood and all that is a woman and the man that comes from woman. 
the womb, the teats, nipples, breast milk, tears, laughter, weeping, love looks, love perturbations and risings. The voice, articulation, language, whispering, shouting aloud. Food, drink, pulse, digestion, sweat, sleep, walking, swimming, poise on the hips, leaping, reclining, embracing, arm curving and tightening. The continual changes of the flex of the mouth and around the eyes. The skin, the sunburnt shade, freckles, hair. The curious sympathy one feels when feeling with the hand the naked meat of the body. The circling rivers, the breath and breathing it in and out. The beauty of the waist and thence of the hips and thence downward toward the knees. The thin red jellies within you or within me. The bones and the marrow in the bones. The exquisite realisation of health. Oh, I say, these are not the parts and poems of the body only, but of the soul. Oh, I say now, these are the soul. I sing the body electric. Good stuff, eh? Read there by Richard Mitchley. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London, and we're celebrating the bicentenary this weekend of the birth of American legend, American writer Walt Whitman. He wrote in Songs of Myself, he wrote, I am large, I contain multitudes. And these days, New York itself includes uh, an unusually large and varied amount of uh, things celebrating its most uh, celebrated literary son. I do believe that there are something like uh, um, three exhibitions happening in New York at the moment. I don't know where they all are. I think one of them is at um, the... uh, I'll get to it in a minute. Yes, New York Public Library. Uh, It it is, in fact. Yes, New York Public Library. I should have have checked before I spoke to you, shouldn't I, really? Hmm? Yes. Uh, Called Walt Whitman, America's Poet. So uh, that's at the New York Public Library, which looks at the landmarks of the poet's public career, which draws in part from its rich buildings. There's um, Poet of the Body, New York's Walt Whitman, at the Grolier Club in Manhattan, which uh, takes a more intimate look at his life. And Walt Whitman, Bard of Democracy, which opens at the Morgan uh, Library and Museum on the 7th of June, which features items from the Morgan uh, alongside loans from the Library of Congress in the USA, um, including apparently an errant 19th century butterfly with a backstory as colourful as its wings. I've no idea what the backstory is, but if you're in New York, then go and have a look. Okay. So Walt, Whit- Walt Whitman, as I say, born, he was born on the 31st of May, 1819, left school at 11 and then published his first collection himself. Uh, and it did rather well, basically through some sort of recognition. It was very um, well received by, amongst other people, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who wrote a very flattering five-page letter to Walt Whitman and spoke highly of the book to his friends. Um, He paid for it himself, as I say, and in fact there were originally, I think, just 795 copies printed. No name was given as an author. Instead, facing the title page was an engraving portrait done by an artist, Samuel Hollier. Um, Although 500 lines into the the poetry, um, at the body of the text, he calls himself Walt Whitman, an American one of the roughs, a cosmos, disorderly, fleshy and sensual, no sentimentalist, no stander above men or women, or apart from them, no more modest than immodest. 
sums him up quite nicely, really. Yeah. So, celebrating the bicentenary of Walt Whitman's birth, this is read by Gideon Wagner, another of his poems. It's called As I Ebbed with the Ocean of Life. As I ebbed with the ocean of life, as I wended the shores I know, as I walked where the ripples continually wash you, Pomanoc, where they rustle up, hoarse and sibilant, where the fierce old mother endlessly cries for her castaways, I musing late in the autumn day, gazing off southward, held by this electric self out of the pride of which I utter poems, was seized by the spirit that trails in the lines underfoot. The rim, the sediment that stands for all the water and all the land of the globe. Fascinated, my eyes reverting from the south, dropped to follow those slender windrows, chaff, straw, splinters of wood, weeds and the sea gluten, scum, scales from shining rocks, leaves of salt lettuce left by the tide, Miles walking the sound of breaking waves the other side of me. Palmanoc, there and then, as I thought the old thought of likenesses. These you presented to me, you fish-shaped island. As when did the shores I know, as I walked with that electric self-seeking types. As I went to the shores I know not, as I list to the dirge, the voices of men and women wrecked, as I inhale the impalpable breezes that set in upon me, as the ocean so mysteriously rolls toward me closer and closer, I too but signify at the almost a little washed-up drift, a few sands and dead leaves to gather, gather and merge myself as part of the sands and drift. O oh, baffled, bolt, bent to the very earth, oppressed with myself, that I've dared to open my mouth, aware now that amid all that blab whose echoes recoil upon me, have not once had the least idea who or what I am, but that before all my arrogant poems the real me stands, yet untouched, untold, altogether unreached, withdrawn far, mocking me with mock congratulatory signs and bows, with peals of distant ironical laughter at every word I have written, pointing in silence to these songs and then to the sand beneath. I perceive I have not really understood anything, not a single object, and that no man ever can. Nature here in sight of the sea, taking advantage of me to dart upon me and sting me, because I have dared open my mouth to sing at all. You oceans both, I close with you. We murmur alike reproachfully, rolling sands and drift, knowing not why these little shreds indeed standing for you and me and all. You friable shore with trails of debris, you fish-shaped island, I take what is underfoot. What is yours is mine, my father. I too, Palmanoc, I too have bubbled up, floated the measureless float and been washed on your shores. I too am but a trail of drift and debris, 
I too leave little wrecks upon you, you fish-shaped island. I throw myself upon your breast, my father. I cling to you so that you cannot unloose me. I hold you so firm till you answer me something. Kiss me, my father. Touch me with your lips as I touch those I love. Breathe to me while I hold you close the secret of the murmuring I envy. Ebb, ocean of life, the flow will return. Cease not your moaning, you fierce old mother. Endlessly cry for your castaways, but fear not, deny not me, rustle not up so hoarse and angry against my feet as I touch you or gather from you. I mean tenderly by you and all, I gather for myself and for this phantom, looking down where we lead and following me in mine, me in mine, loose windrows, little corpses, froth, snowy white and bubbles, see from my dead lips the ooze exuding at last, see the prismatic colours glistening and rolling, tufts of straw, sands, fragments, void, hither from many moods, one contradicting another, from the storm, the long calm, the darkness, the swell, musing, pondering, a breath, a briny tear, a dab of liquid or soil, up just as much out of fathomless workings, fermented and thrown, a limp blossom or two, torn, just as much over waves floating, drifted at random, just as much for us that sobbing dirge of nature, just as much whence we come that blare of the cloud trumpets, we, capricious, brought hither, we know not whence, spread out before you, you up there walking or sitting. Whoever you are, we too lie in drifts at your feet. As I ebbed with the ocean of life, read by Gideon Wagner. Um, and that kind of brings to a conclusion our celebration of the bicentenary of Walt Whitman, although I suppose I should tell you the, uh, the end of the story. He was born uh, the 31st of May, 1819, um, and he died on the 26th of March, 1892. Before that, of course, he continued uh, working all his life. He was fairly prolific. During the American Civil War, he went to Washington, D.C., and worked in hospitals, caring for the wounded. Shades of Hemingway, do we think there? Yeah. Did Hemingway have shades of Whitman? That's probably the right way of putting it, isn't it? Um, Walt Whitman's poetry often focused on both loss and healing. Uh, towards the end of his life, he sadly had a stroke. Uh, he moved to Camden in New Jersey, where his uh, health further declined. And eventually, Walt Whitman left us at the age of 62. Uh, sorry, 72. The age of 72. His funeral was a public event, and he will never be forgotten. Um, so that does uh, end our tribute to Walt Whitman. I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you're encouraged to find out more. If you'd like to get in touch with me, then please do. Uh, my name's Nick Hennigan. Probably easiest to get in touch with me through email, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. If there's any literary events happening that you know of in London or anything you'd like me to cover or any requests. Or, we occasionally have dedications as well. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Like proper radio, mate. Yeah, we, we play smashy, nicey poems and songs so uh, if there's anything you would like to dedicate to anyone again drop me an email radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk or you can get me on twitter at nick 
Hennigan. H-E-N-N-E-G-A-N. But that's it for this time. Thank you very much for your company. I'll see you next time. This is Resonance 104.4 FM.